Election lawsuits continue to gain momentum in Oregon, while Carrie Lake declares she will be governor after the Arizona Attorney General's office opens up a formal inquiry into polling issues in Maricopa County on November 8th. And shamefully, Joe Biden turns 80 and declares in a national broadcast that he doesn't look or feel a day over 50. I see the land of make-believe is strong in the White House. All these topics and more, I am your host, Mark Thielman. That's Mark with a C. C stands for conservative. Stay with us for yet another exciting episode of The Good Fight. Well, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Good Fight. You know, you just can't make things up. Here we are, weeks after November 8th. Two weeks, as a matter of fact. I believe that Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. I'm too afraid to check the calendar because never in American history have so many elections taken this long to crystallize into a clear winner. Yet, candidates, mostly Democrats, continue to declare victory. Carrie Lake is a real trooper. She trails Katie Hobbs in Arizona by a mere 18,000 votes. Yet, voters who waited and held their ballot in Maricopa County until Election Day, turns out, gave up and went home because they were unable to cast their votes, and several did not trust to put their ballots in a drop box as they were finally instructed. So it appears that the printer aspects of the voting machines, which would print batch tabulations, not working, hard to believe, nor is there a lot of evidence that they were actually tested to work prior to Election Day. And what makes this a little bit egregious is that Katie Hobbs was the Democratic nominee, if you will, for the governorship while simultaneously being the Secretary of State in charge of this election. Not a good look. But don't worry, Katie Hobbs said that Arizonans have chosen sanity over conspiracy. Well... If uh, conspiracy is what Katie Hobbs was trying to avoid, she and those in her office have done a humdinger job of fomenting just a myriad of new conspiracies. I mean, after all, they don't really have an explanation as to why the machines weren't officially working on Election Day, nor did they really document the certification process in the manner that it's supposed to be recorded which means including testing the printer pages and making sure that everything's working. So a lot of people go in to fill the blank, like, well, they knew a lot of conservatives would be voting on election day, and maybe this was their way of absconding and suppressing the vote. Now, I'm not here to say, good fight, once again, I'm a fair guy. I'm not saying that the explanation being given by the Arizona Secretary of State's office isn't true and valid. What I am saying is, there is a huge number of people who don't believe it. You see, once again, Katie Hobbs and her office have given assurances rather than addressment with evidence. This is something I think people are starting to become wise to. The more Katie Hobbs declares that she won the election, the less likely it looks that everything was above board. So let me give you an example. The Attorney General's office, I believe his name is Mark Bernovich, which is tough to say. He opened up a formal inquiry 
under public pressure. What? Wow. I tell you, you know, we have shipped a few Wolkbane coffees to Maricopa County. I'm wondering if maybe that's what's caused Arizonans down in uh, Maricopa County to really step it up because to put enough pressure on an attorney general to get them to open up a formal inquiry, that is not something that attorney generals do lightly especially in this politicized climate where both Republicans and Democrats, a.k.a. rhino Republicans, but a few regular ones as well, I'm sure, are a little bit nervous to say the old voter fraud kind of thing. So the fact that the Attorney General's office has opened it up means that enough evidence has been brought by individuals that the Attorney General saying, hey, we have a duty to check under the hood. And I'm going to give a quick clap to Mr. Brnovich because it's about dang time the system starts to work in terms of the checks and balances that it was designed to have. You see, the Attorney General is a Republican. However, in Oregon, the Attorney General, Ellen Rosenbaum and Governor Brown up here in Oregon are just good buddies. So, that being said, how do we tie election lawsuit momentum in Oregon to what's going on in Arizona? Well, it turns out that, in general, over the last five years, nearly 180,000 Oregonians have immigrated to Arizona for all kinds of reasons. Most of them are, you know, in the uh, sunset phase of life, if you will, retirees in general, but not exclusively. And... If grandma and grandpa moved to Arizona and they live in a place called Scottsdale, which tends to be a little bit conservative, it should tell you that grandma and grandpa may have been fleeing from this oppressive state up here in Oregon, where now even the right to own a gun is something that you have to get permission for, according to the passage of a measure called 114, which I will cover in a different episode. So the results in Nevada, the results in Oregon are what we call counter to political gravity, counter to what all of the experts, both Democrat and Republican, were predicting would happen. And what's interesting is those results that occurred in Arizona, Nevada, and Oregon did not occur in other swing states that have different voting rules and systems like Florida, Ohio, and Iowa. Now, this is really interesting. By the way, it was something brought up by yours truly. And once again, with the power of woke bane, the pure, raw, common sense, after consuming just one tiny sip from a woke bane coffee cup, well, it's contagious, folks. And it spreads from person to person to person. Nationally, people are noticing. They're like, hey, wait a minute. In Florida, it was like a Republican sweep. In Ohio, it wasn't exclusive, wasn't 100%, but it was a majority Republican conservative sweep. So what's the change? What's different? Well, as I highlighted in previous episodes, Florida and Ohio make it very easy to get a ballot, very easy to register to vote, very easy to access voting. You can do it by mail through absentee, or you can vote in person, and you can vote early in person. It's a miracle! What you can't do is print a million ballots, send them all out, harvest them, then pass laws that say you can start counting seven days prior to the election so that the party in power might be able to get a sneak peek while giving assurance that no one in the Democratic left would ever disclose 
what the counting looks like ahead of the election day. And then you can collect ballots up to 14 days after an election if it looks like your candidate is not going to win. You see, that's what we have here in Oregon, Nevada, and Arizona. Although Arizona, I believe, does not allow the uh, 14 days. I think it's only four. But here's the beauty of it. What we have is we have a bunch of virtue signaling, woke Marxist communists who believed in the following. It's not who votes that counts. It's who counts the votes. So the Democrats in Oregon have faced pressure now to say that, well, these things are legal. Does that make it right? I'm going to let that pause there for a second. And I'm very serious about this. You know, it was legal to round up foreign nationalists in uh, Tsarist Russia and to send them to gulags. In other words, people who might have spoken a different language or had immigrated prior to the Tsar and then later in the communist revolution, all these people were rounded up. Some of them were my relatives, 1938. So last we heard from our family uh, Feists over in uh, Strasbourg, Russia. From what we understand, they were sent to gulags in Siberia and obviously probably were worked to death. Thank you, Stalin. Thank you, leftist Marxist Stalin. Well, we have some of these people here and they literally don't care whether your vote is disenfranchised as long as their candidate wins. So here's what I'm here to propose. For some reason, when Battleground Oregon stepped up and we filed that lawsuit that says, hey, government, the way you're conducting this election is causing people to postulate conspiracy theories. It's undermining their confidence. And you're subsequently disenfranchising all kinds of people, not just Republicans and Democrats, but people who believe in voter integrity. It is a community. It really exists. Carrie Lake is head of that down in Arizona. So I wanted to tie in that the momentum going on in Oregon, where there's now multiple, both state and federal, election integrity lawsuits, all of which are coordinating with each other. We have never seen this in this state. Every single lawsuit filed has generated coordination calls with Battleground Oregon and myself. And it has been an amazing way for conservatives to share information, coordinate information, pick through all of the affidavits, all of the particular cases and incidences, and create strings of data that are credible, awesome, provable, and real. And what's beautiful is Arizona is catching the wind. And maybe it's because there's this relationship because so many people in Oregon retired to Arizona. It's been going on for 30 years. Why stop now? But I like to think that it's the power of woke bane, see? Because it only takes one woke bane coffee mug. You take a woke bane sip, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a minute. What made sense yesterday is not making sense today. And now I'm using complete sentences. So if you would like your own Woke Bane coffee mug, I can now say with 100% certainty that you can go to the store and this time you can actually pay and order. Now, I highly recommend too. My personal favorite is the Common Sense Radical t-shirt. The one that nearly got me banned on Facebook. How dare I put something like Common Sense and Radical together? Well... Only a mind steeled with woke bane could come up with a phrase so unique, so impactful, the metaverse itself would shudder under the power of its reasonableness. 
to all the fans of The Good Fight. I want to encourage everybody to like this, to send it out to all your friends. Now, I want to shift gears here. We had an amazing holiday. I mean, it was like I didn't realize that time itself kind of vaulted forward. It's amazing. Joe Biden turned 80 yesterday. It's almost painful. I mean, I'm 52. I'm 28 years from 80. And I'm like, man, 80. Now, here's what shocked me. You know, it's a legitimate concern that people might have, you know, about his stamina and his mental acuity. But Joe Biden said he does not feel a day over 50 years old. Oh, wait a minute. Here comes the trolley. Ding, ding, ding. You know, the trolley that went to the land of make-believe. Well, Joe seems to be on that because he really seems to think that he doesn't feel a day over 50. Now, we just had a nice show uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, in which we had uh, several hundred people view and also participate. We had Lars Larson, who's a national radio talk show host who attended, Mark Anderson from iSpy Radio. And all of them were uniquely curious about this different style of election lawsuit going on in Oregon. Now, as we're talking about Joe Biden's make-believe, I'll tie in a poll that was done. It was called an internet poll. Now, these aren't always reliable, but I do think it's quite interesting because it shows how we have to use the tools of the left to combat the tools of the left. Here's how this works. There was a poll that said Joe Biden just turned 80, but according to the general American public, he does not look or act a day over 88. God bless the United States of America. This is what I'm talking about, good fight. And I'm thinking 88 was a little bit generous, people. Okay, look, the guy called a dead person whose funeral he had attended. He called that person a month later to come up and stand by him at the podium in Congress, okay? I'm thinking, I don't know about you, but I'm just thinking that... 88 was, uh, well, it was a gift, okay? And maybe it's because people, you know, Americans are giving people. I get it. God bless you. But good fight. We are here to use common sense in the truth. So I'm going to let that hang. Now, I want to give Carrie Lake and her campaign kudos for modeling for Arizonans how to fight. Good for you, Carrie Lake. She's picked up a few, a couple thousand, by the way. She was down by more than 20,000 votes, and now she is around 18. And she has now put together a legal team, and she is fighting. I think she is part of that pressure on the attorney general who's now opened up a formal inquiry. So I'm really excited to see what some of the evidence that comes out. Obviously, the attorney general will move fairly quickly, I hope. It is my belief that they should stave off the certification of the vote in Arizona. I mean, after all, they just said that they're hoping to be done counting by Christmas, so apparently they've got time. But I think Carrie Lake and her team and the Attorney General have till Christmas. So listen, good fight listeners in, in Arizona. You need to fight like hell. I know it's inappropriate. There's probably some children listening. But kids, this is about your future here. And we need to have confidence in our elections and we should be looking under the hood and kicking all the tires and leaving no stone unturned and making it as hard as heck on these people who seem to be okay with the appearance of impropriety as long as their candidate wins. Now, I want everyone to know that conservatives are chipping away 
at the ability of these leftists to continue to take over elections by fiat. And we are not giving up and we are going to win. And you see it in the numbers of people that voted nationally in the Republican Party. And I want to end with this. The Republicans used to be mocked in the late 90s and early 2000s as being the party of only white people. And then in the mid-2000s, Barack Obama was running against John McCain. It was the party of older white people, you know, non-hip, cool people, according to Barack Obama. Now, since their disastrous defeat in 2008, the Republican Party read the tea leaves and said, you know, we're winning a lot of elections, but we're not winning the hearts and minds of the younger generation. In this case, was the millennials. So the Republican Party said, we need to open up. They did a bunch of focus group work. And every election since, the Republican Party has gained the support of a whole host of diverse members of the electorate. And the Republican Party has completely transformed. It is now the party of the working family. It is the party of faith. It is the party of freedom. And it is the multicultural party. I tell you, I'm proud to be a Republican. I'm proud to witness and be a part of this transformation over the last 20 years. And you saw as 5 million more people voted Republican nationwide, let's be unified together and let's continue to chip away at the very forces that are trying to undermine this great republic of ours. The point is the Republican Party is on the move. The future of the Republican Party is bright. And uh, so we're going to wish Carrie Lake luck in her efforts. Remember, win, lose, or draw, she's fighting. And that's going to chip away at the armor. And it's going, to, it's going to disclose a lot of, quote, anomalies that are going to cause people to think conspiratorially about the election that are going to cause and force these, these crazy, woke, communist leftists to have to tighten up their voter rules and regulations, preferably moving to a system similar to Ohio or Iowa or Florida. I'm going to leave it there. Good fight. God bless you. Don't forget to check out the Good Fight website. It's called inthegoodfight.org. Get your Woke Bane cups ordered. I want to be able to report next week of the hundreds of Woke Bane mugs that have gone out to steal up mines everywhere and right the injustices that have been imposed upon us by these crazy leftists, especially here in the West and West Coast. That's it. Once again, I've been your host, Mark Thielman. That's Mark with a C. C stands for conservative. God bless. Can we set aside our differences? Can we set each other free? To pursue our lives and happiness. Explore our liberty. A life of grace and peace and mercy. Where truth and beauty are held dear. Have a common enemy